everyone and welcome 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 here on instagram and here on facebook you have found us here on first chapter fun i am your host for today hank Philippi ryan the usa today best-selling author of 14 novels of suspense we're here on every tuesday at 12 30 p.m et my darling co-host hannah mary mckinnon and i bring you the first chapter of a marvelous new book. And today is absolutely no exception. We have a really dandy, can I say dandy book for you today? And I'm really thrilled to bring it to you. Oh my golly, look at all the people. Josie Munger is here and Andrew Ball. Hey, Jay Bro is here and Susie Bishop loves hugs and Jen Jumba is here on Instagram and you are joining me here on Facebook too. Here's Carla Suto and I see the numbers go up and up and up. Catherine Olson is here as well. Golly, it seems like somehow it's been a long time since I've seen you, but that's not true, isn't it? We read last week. I, I Every time, and how many of these have I done? Hundreds of first chapter funds. There's always this moment at the beginning of the show, of every show, where I think, what did I forget? What did I forget? Did I forget something? Um, but I think it's just a little bit of excitement uh, at the idea of seeing you all here today. And I'm so thrilled. We have a terrific book for you. Here's Renee Herskowitz and Deborah is here and Susie Baldwin from Seattle and Alicia saying hi. Audrey Snowden is here and author Bradley James. Hello, nice to see you, Janet L. Hopes and Tra uh, Jen Jumba saying hi, Tracy. So all of you are talking in the chat on Instagram and on Facebook and Hannah Mary McKinnon and I absolutely love that. Is it is it spring where you are? It's starting to be spring here in Boston. The snowdrops are gorgeous and the tiny little beginning to be hyacinths are coming up. We have so many hyacinths, the lavender ones that I brought some of them inside. Hey, Steph Kiesling. And I, um, and they just fill the house with fragrance. I love the fragrance of hyacinths. It's, it's just amazing. Renee is saying you haven't had a pashmina show lately. Yes, I have not had a Pashmina show lately. Long story. I'll try to do it today. There's just so much going on. Um, and I can't possibly fit everything in. Renee says, I love the lavender ones. Uh, Pamela Fry Priest says, it's trying to be spring. Have the ducks returned yet? Well, here's a scoop about the ducks. I haven't seen them. But I think they're here. Jen Jumba is saying, Flo and Eddie. I haven't seen them. But there was a feather. The other day there was a feather. So it was a duck feather. It was not a bird feather. So you all know that every year for the past, oh golly, 25 years, more than that maybe, our darling ducks, I call them our ducks, but they're wild ducks. They're nature's ducks. They're their own ducks. Come to our backyard pool uh, every year around the same time. And it can be between March 14th and April 14th. That's sort of what their time frame is so we have not seen the ducks in person can a duck be in person in duck um, but we have seen feathers we have seen feathers so i think they might be here um terry o'shea jung is here that is so marvelous yes pamela fry priest says they must be busy making their nest i have told them that we want to see some ducklings we definitely want to see ducklings aj fatheringham says freezing tomorrow but double digits next week the weather is 
crazy. And Sylvia is here on Instagram. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you. You know the scoop here on First Chapter Fun every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. ET. The wonderful Hannah Mary McKinnon and I bring you the first chapter of a marvelous new book. And this is no exception. We have, as I said, a great book for you today as we wait for you. Hey, Allie um, is here too. We cannot start without Allie Hurd being here, one of our darling stalwarts of First Chapter Fun. Anyway, you know the scoop. If you have not allowed StreamYard to use your name on Facebook, please allow StreamYard to use your name or we don't know who you are. It says Facebook user, right? And that's what we see here on StreamYard. So whoever Facebook user is, let us know your name just by putting it in the next comment. She says, or he says, you definitely have a lot going on. I see you everywhere. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's it's really fun. It's really rewarding. I've just come home from book tour and it is very nice to have my own little pillow and my own little house and my own little husband here to talk with about everything. But book tour has been absolutely glorious. And I met so many of you on book tour that uh, when I look over here, I'm looking at the banners. I changed the fancy banners on Facebook. When I look over here, I'm looking at the comments. And when I look up here, I'm looking at the time to make sure I'm not yammering too long before we get to today's fabulous book. So you know that this is episode 330 of First Chapter Fun. 330 of First Chapter Fun. 330 times you have heard the first chapter of a marvelous new book. And you have to you have to love that, right? You have to love uh, the idea that Hannah and I, for three years now, have been bringing you the first chapter of a fantastic new book. And we've introduced you to all genres and all authors, some of your authors that were already your favorite authors, and some people who are your brand new favorite authors, some authors, some genres that you would never have heard of. Pugs and Pages has 330 amazing and Red Wombat Studio, and that you should know who Red Wombat Studio is. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Says, wow. And we are so glad that Red Wombat Studio is here today to hear this book. She will be especially delighted to hear what we're reading. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Your comments are coming in and coming in and coming in. I just absolutely love this. Facebook user says, I may have to bring the ducks. Oh, my golly. You know, what happens is, and this happened last year, Eddie, the female duck, either she's trained us so well or we've trained her so well that when we don't feed her quickly enough, she comes to our back door. She, I mean, she rushes to our back door. She doesn't really waddle. She runs if ducks can run. She runs to the back door and then she pecks. She pecks on the glass on the door like, hurry up, bring, where's the darn food? Let's just have some duck food here. Um, and if we don't, and if we don't feed her quickly enough, she flies up against the door. Like with all of her duck strength, she flies against the door. Like I have waited here long enough. Let's have some duck food. It is if she comes this year when they do, and I know they will. I know they will. Um, I'll try to get a video of Eddie flying up against the door. It is so incredibly marvelous. I'm monitoring. Uh, uh, Janet Hope's library says, congratulations, Red, Red Wombat Studio on being number 330. It is a badge of honor. 330. Renee Dennis Simmons says, good morning. I'm watching from the doctor's office. I hope you're okay. I'm, I'm playing a little injured today as well. Yesterday, I went to the dentist and everything is fine. Totally fine. Didn't hurt at all. Except now, he had to use so much um, anesthesia 
to get my jaw to be numb, ridiculous, that now my jaw is hurting from the number of needles that were put in my jaw. So sympathy, sympathy for me uh, from going to the dentist yesterday. So I'm playing a little bit injured, but I did not want to miss reading you today's novel. And here is Hannah Mary McKinnon. Susie Baldwin says, I have learned about so many new to me authors on First Chapter Fun. And that is my goal. And that is Hannah's goal to have your to be read pile go up and up and up and up and up. And I think we are doing it here on First Chapter Fun. If you missed any of those 329 previous shows, you can go to our videos here on Instagram and also to whatever they call it now on Facebook, they change it every day, but our videos are there forever, whatever forever means. And you can always catch up by taking a little gorgeous box of bit of chocolate from the box of chocolates and read uh, a first chapter anytime you want here, a first chapter out loud, anytime you want. Renee says, use ice on your jaw when you have a chance. Oh, I think I'm past. I may be past the ice stage. I'm into the just grit my teeth stage of going through this. But thank you. I should have done that. You're so right. Um, when I came out of the dentist's office, it's fine. It's good. Everything is great. Facebook user says, excited to hear the first chapter today. Is that like, are, she's like Eddie, whoever's saying this on fa Facebook user who is not allowed, allowed StreamYard to use our, her name. <laughs> she's like Eddie, like peck, peck, peck. Let's hear the first chapter. We came for the first chapter. And before all of you decide to fly up, uh, fly up against the door to say, we bring us our first chapter. Let me tell you who we are reading from today. Today, we are reading from A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. Now, I will tell you the story of A House with Good Bones, how I came to read A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. And here is the story. T. Kingfisher, not her real name, and you'll hear more about that in a minute, uh, is also with my publishing company, Torforge. So I got an email, as sometimes authors do, from an editor at Torforge saying, would you be willing to read this book with an eye to a blurb? You know, just look at it. There, there's no pressure. But if you like it, if you could give us a blurb. So of course, I, of course I will. Of course I will. So the book arrives. And look at the cover. The cover is very intriguing. It, <laughs> yes, that is a vulture, the shadow of a vulture. And you know, you don't really see that very much. That's unusual. So I didn't know, I, <laughs> Susan Velbushbrong says, I actually have today's books. Couldn't resist it when I found it at Books A Million in Valdosta. Yes, indeed. Very wise, Susan, because, so, you know, when you start reading a book and there's that moment, that moment that we all love, where you open the book and you're not quite sure, you're getting ready to enter the new world of someone and somewhere, but you're not quite sure what it is or whether you'll like it. I laughed, from, I laughed from moment one, from line one, which you will hear in a minute. The book proceeded to be hilarious, uh, witty, really smart. I mean, gorgeously smart. T. Kingfish, not her real name, is obviously brilliant. And that is shown throughout. It's also as creepy as pie. It is the creepiest in funny, creepy, funny, creepy to, to read. It's really funny, creepy. And then it's creepy, creepy, um, actually, I have to say. And then it's haunting. It's beautifully, hauntingly, heartbreakingly touching. So how all of that, how all of that can be in one book is really pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> somebody says, is there a theme? Well, you will hear it. 
Kingfisher and vulture, is there a theme? There is a bird theme. Very wise Facebook user says, is there a theme? There is a bird theme, which you will hear almost instantly in the book. Very wise. Renee says the cover is intriguing. Linda Oldsborough says this sounds so good. Um, this is, <laughs> someone is saying, my, is my name showing up, Hank? No, it is not. No, it is not. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it now. We want you to, Hannah and I want you to sit back and relax and hear this new book. So I'm going to put up the banner of what it is. Uh, hear this new book. So don't worry about right now if your name shows or not. Just add it to your comment. And the author is on Instagram today. That is Red Wombat. That is Red Wombat is T. Kingfisher. Again, we'll have to ask her how she got decided on that name for her Instagram handle. I don't know any other wombats. Diane Dix has skulls in the wallpaper. Yes, indeed. Very wise, very observant of you to see the skulls in the wallpaper. This is not your typical house. And I can say that um, with much joy because that is where we are taking you right now. Did I forget anything? Did I forget to tell you anything that I should be telling you? I don't think so. And if I did, um, you just tell me in the comments. You tell me in the comments. <laughs> Everybody's talking in the comments. Uh, just finished a hair appointment, says uh, Facebook user. So glad not to miss this. You know, we all juggle our lives, don't we, a little bit for First Chapter Fun. And Hannah Mary McKinnon and I cannot be happier that you all have this as your appointment, your Tuesday, 12.30 p.m. ET appointment, a little bit of an adult story hour. And that's what we're doing here today. So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about T. Kingfisher and also a little bit about the book, and then I'll read you the first chapter. T. Kingfisher is the author of multiple award-winning novels, most recently, Nettle and Bone, and What Moves the Dead from Tor and Tor Nightfire. She also writes books for kids under the name Ursula Vernon. So you may have heard of her under that name. She lives in North Carolina in a house that does not appear to have anything weird buried under the roses. And that will more become clear in a moment. So let me tell you about a house with good bones, which came out March 28th. So very, very recently from Tor Nightfire. A haunting Southern Gothic from an award-winning master of suspense a House with Good Bones explores the dark, twisted roots lurking just beneath the, the veneer of a perfect home and family. Mom seems off. Her brother's words echo in Sam Montgomery's ear as she turns onto the quiet North Carolina street where their mother lives alone. She brushes the thought away as she climbs the front steps. Sam's excited for this rare extended visit and looking forward to nights with just the two of them drinking boxed wine watching murder mystery shows, and guessing who the killer is long before the characters figure it out. But stepping inside, she realizes that home isn't what it used to be. Gone is the warm, cluttered charm her mom is known for. Now the walls are painted a sterile white. Her mom jumps at the smallest noises and looks over her shoulder even when she's the only person in the room. And when Sam steps out back to clear her head, she finds a jar of teeth hidden between the magazine-worthy rose bushes, and vultures are circling the garden from above. To find out what's got her mom so frightened in her own home, Sam will go digging for the truth. But some secrets are better left buried. 
And you can find T. Kingfisher, Ursula Vernon at Red Wombat Studio on Instagram and on twi Twitter at Ursula L. Ursula V. Ursula V, like Ursula Vernon, Ursula V. I have one hair that's in my face and I cannot get it out. All right, so let's read you, without further ado, let's read you the first chapter, pretty much of the first chapter of A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Chapter one. There was a vulture on the mailbox of my grandmother's house. As omens go, it doesn't get much more obvious than that. This was a black vulture, not a turkey vulture, but that's just about as much as I could tell you. I have a biology degree, but it's in bugs, not birds. The only reason that I knew that much was because the identification key for vultures in North America is extremely straightforward. Does it have a black head? It's a black vulture. Does it have a red head? It's a turkey vulture. This works unless you're in the Southwest where you have to add, is it the size of a small fighter jet? It's a California condor. We have very few condors in North Carolina. I bet you have some amazing feather mites, I told the vulture, opening the car door. The vulture tilted its head and considered this, or me, or my aging Subaru. I took out my phone and got several glamour shots of the bird. When I tried to upload one to the internet, however, my phone informed me that it had one-tenth of a bar and my GPS conked out completely. Ah, uh, yes, that at least hadn't changed. My mother lived on Lammergeier Lane, which made the vulture even more appropriate, although we don't have Lammergeiers, bearded vultures, in North Carolina either. They're a large species of vulture from Africa and Eurasia that eats bones. Why would you name a private road after a bone-eating vulture from a different continent? I looked it up one day when I was bored and discovered that the developer of the subdivision had been obsessed with birds. His first project had been Accipiter Lane, then Brambling Court, then Cardinal Street, and so on, through the alphabet until Whippoorwill Way, whereupon he died, presumably so he would not have to come up with a bird for X. The correct answer is Xantu's Muralet, but I admit it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Lammergeier Lane was a type of subdivision that we have all over the South, although I don't know if they've migrated out to other areas. You'll be driving along a rural road surrounded by trees, cow pastures, and the occasional business that sells firewood, propane, and hydraulic repairs. Then you'll see a dilapidated trailer and a sign for a private drive. You turn onto the drive and suddenly there are a dozen cookie-cutter houses lining the street, all with neat lawns. The road either terminates in a cul-de-sac or links up to another, even more rural road. You are required by tradition to have the dilapidated trailer, which is generally owned by a grumpy survivalist who refuses to sell. Otherwise, the residents will have nothing to complain about and will become fractious. My grandmother, that odd, frustrating woman, had bought the third house on the right side of the street and lived there for a number of years. We moved in with her for a year when I was 10, then mom managed to get us an apartment and we moved out again. Then Grand May died when I was 14 and we moved back in. Now I was 32 and here yet again. The subdivision looked exactly the same as when I had left. 
It had hit that stage where all the covenants have lapsed and someone has put in a chicken coop and someone else's lawn is going to seed. I approve of this. It supports far more insect life. And there's a truck on blocks tucked almost out of sight behind the shed. Subdivisions can persist in this particular developmental stage for decades before they finally pupate into their adult form and become a neighborhood ripe for parasitizing by developers. I looked across the street at Mr. Presley's house. Was he still alive? He had to be in his 80s by now. Yep, sure enough, the curtains on the big window were just slightly cracked, and I could make out the outline of a pair of binoculars. Mr. Presley was a one-man neighborhood watch, whether the neighborhood wanted it or not. He was convinced that rural North Carolina was a hotbed of murderous activity. If I didn't get moving soon, he'd probably call the cops on me. Put out an APB on the fat woman with curly hair, I muttered to myself. It was a malicious standing officer. I saw it with my own eyes and parking her car with intent. There aren't many social advantages to being fat, but I'll give it this. Nobody ever thinks you're a cat burglar. So Presley was still alive and the trailer was still there. Cell coverage was still shaky. My grandmother's front yard was still covered in roses. Despite my mother having lived there for nearly two decades, I still thought of it as my grandmother's house. About the only thing that had changed on Lammervire Lane was that the Bradford pear trees had mostly died and been replaced by crepe myrtles and, apparently, vultures. The vulture in question was still sitting on the wooden crosspiece behind the mailbox. I had no idea if it was hostile, nervous, or about to launch itself at my head. They don't have facial expressions like mammals. Mind you, I'm not great with mammals either. The street, the screen door slammed and I heard my mother calling, Samantha, Samantha, you're here. Hi, mom, I said, not taking my eyes off the bird. Do you know you've got yard vultures? Don't mind them. They belong to the lady down the street, mom said. I turned to stare at her. They what? Well, not belong exactly. There's a tree. She waved her hand toward the end of the street. Oh, never mind. I'll explain later. Don't worry. They're harmless. Don't they puke when they get upset? This is just about the only fact I know about vultures, and only because an ex-boyfriend of mine got too close to one once and found out the hard way. In retrospect, the vulture may have had the right idea. Oh, yes, Mom beamed at me. One threw up all over the Goldberg's beagle. Fortunately, this vulture did not seem particularly inclined to vomit. I backed away from the car until it was safely between us, then turned and hugged Mom. It's so good to see you, honey, she said. I didn't say anything because I was just realizing that she had dropped a scary amount of weight since the last time I saw her. The women in our family are either fat or skeletal, and it felt like she had switched sides in the last year. I could feel her ribs and the knobs on her spine. Good God, Mom, I said, stepping back. Are you okay? You don't have cancer or something, do you? Tact, I do not have it. No, no, she smiled, but her face had gotten as thin as the rest of her, and I couldn't tell if she looked worried or if it was just the new lines around her mouth. I'm fine. Do you know how long you're staying? Having a clue, I admitted. They found human remains on the dig, so we're all furloughed until it gets sorted. I'm so sorry. She grabbed one of my duffel bags out of the car. I know you were excited to work on this one. Oh, they've promised to bring us all back on. Hopefully it won't take too long. 
I'm an archaeoentomologist. It's, it's fine. You've never heard of me. I study insects in archaeological remains. Actually, if you're in the field, you probably have heard of me because there's hardly any of us. You've almost certainly heard of Dr. Wilcox, my boss, who did all that amazing work with sawtooth grain beetle larvae found in food storage from the Viking era. Anyway, my job is mostly spent either sitting in a room sifting through dirt from digs looking for dried out insect husks or staring at photos somebody else took of dried out insect husks, fiddling with the brightness and contrast to see if I can make out any details. Occasionally, I do get out to dig sites, which I enjoy a lot more. My particular specialty is Pacific Northwest Paleo-Indian middens, but I get dirt samples from all over because, as I said, there aren't that many of us. It was a dig that had brought me back home. Start of the season, the promise of a whole lot of hands-on time in the dirt instead of staring at photos. I told my roommates I wouldn't be back for six months, shoved my furniture into storage, and went off to play in the Paleolithic midden. And then, like I told mom, somebody found human remains. On the third day of serious digging, no less. Well, that was the end of that. The whole project was on hold until the Native American Heritage Commission could sort out what tribe the bones belonged to and if they had any living relatives who would want them back for burial. Some archaeologists get bitter about these kind of regulations, apparently, but I personally don't want to muck around with somebody's ancestors. It seems rude and just generally tacky. Anyway, give me a trash heap over a grave any day. A grave tells you how people act when they're on their best behavior in front of death. Trash heaps tell you how they actually lived. The problem was that I'd announced a six-month absence, and my roommates had already sublet my bedroom to an exchange student. Also, I had no real idea when the litigation would get resolved. Sometimes they can sort these things out in a couple of weeks if all parties are trying hard to get along, and sometimes they drag out for years and the person in charge of the dig tells us to either take other jobs and they'll call back. So I called up mom and told her I needed to come back home for a bit. And of course, she had alternated between concern and enthusiasm, which is mom's normal state of being. I'm so glad to see you, honey, she said again, giving me a worried look over her shoulder. The line between her eyebrows had grown deeper since I'd last seen her. I just wish it didn't have to be here. Here, I said. It seemed like an odd thing to say. <laughs> and that is much of the first chapter of A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. Yes, Facebook user is saying, I love the voice. What a great narrator. I mean, I have never read a book with a hilarious voice like this. Um, what a fascinating job. That's true. Marie says, so fab. Red Wombat Studio says it pays to have such great delivery. Thank you. <laughs> you know I love this book, Ursula. I mean, I absolutely love it. Sharon Bishop says, I really needed a good laugh today. <laughs> yes, indeed. Janet Hope's Library is saying, wah that is, belongs to the lady down the street. And D.V. Waters says, love all the descriptions. I can just see it. Thank you. Um, it is OMG says, Little Miss Fab, love that line, whether the neighborhood wanted it or not. It's, oh, you did a great job, Hag. Thank you so much. But that is a very odd thing to say. That is right. I wish it didn't have to be here. Facebook user is saying, wait, wait, what about the teeth? Well, for the teeth, 
you have to read A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. It is marvelous. Facebook user is saying, wow. Leisha is saying, wow, what a great and intriguing sounding first chapter. <laughs> and Mary Alicia, Maria Alicia says, I love the dialogue. I do too. It is snappy. It is funny. It is smart. And you see what I mean about there's heart behind this. There are themes behind this, not just the birds. There, there's some backstory here completely. Um, there's complete intelligence and research and understanding and the way that voice is just this throwaway, hilarious humor where there, it, but something is going on. I mean, there's a vulture on grandmother's mailbox and you don't hardly hear a first line like that very often. I As I told you, I burst out laughing for moment one and didn't stop until the end. Uh, a really wonderful blurb from Charlene Harris on the back. Charlene Harris says, A House with Good Bones is A, funny, B, scary, and C, charming. She says, you will gulp this book down like sweet tea on a hot day. And I said, I'll just read my own blurb. Says, I know I love that. Look, at it's on the back. It's very nice, right, by Charlene Harris, which is pretty fun. This magical book somehow manages to be laugh out loud funny and completely terrifying at the same time. I absolutely love this. There it is in yellow and white on the cover. And I highly recommend A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. I hope you loved it too. I mean, it is um, one of the things that Hannah and Mary McKinnon and I love about First Chapter Fun is that we get to introduce you to books that you might not have found. You might not have been drawn to the vulture on the cover and now you will be. And we are thrilled about that. Let me tell you very quickly in the one minute we have left, next Tuesday, we will be reading from Sisters of the Lost Nation by Nick Medina. Look at that evocative cover. This is a really chilling, haunting, heartbreaking novel um, about what is lost and what is remembered and what history means. Sisters of the Lost Nation. And we will read you that next Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. ET. So be sure to be here for that. Again, today we have read From a House with Good Bones with T. Kingfisher, a completely different book than the one we are having next Tuesday. And let me just go back to your final goodbye comments. Oh my golly, thank you for such a kind, for such kind words. A health with, house with good bones, says Leisha. Sounds so very intriguing. Sounds like a must read. <laughs> Margaret Lang, who I know you will especially love this book, says T from T, another puzzle, says Margaret Lang. Absolutely so. <laughs> Jill, uh, Julie Brinkley quickly says, I feel like I might have missed the answer, but Ursula, do you like to bird watch, especially predatory birds? We should talk about bird watching. I am a big bird watcher and I wonder if you are too, but not now because we have to go. Let me put up the name of this book one more time so you will not forget A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. And I will, I'm running out of time, ding, ding, ding. So I will say it, you say it with me until next Tuesday. Stay safe, stay kind. And we will see you next time. Love you so much.